morning, Patrick. Indeed. It's morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And we're in, we're in full, full flow, full, 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 fullness. Yeah, that's a lot of full. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It Welcome, is. everyone, to our little corner of the interwebs. That's it. The light in everything, where it, we explore Christianity. In a conversation that we've been holding for over three years now. Glad you could join us. Amazing. Yeah, welcome. And we will begin, as we always do, with the Gospel. This is from the Gospel of John, in chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Yeah, I'm just struck again by that that incredible gospel verse that we always start with. So good. And... I think to tie it into to this theme that we're working with, this heaven-hell theme, is that this light that he is walking with, this light that he is, this light of life, is actually the source of the heavenly forces upon earth. It's heaven come to earth. And it's walking in the darkness of all the things that are of the fallen world, so to speak, as well. But that light of life that he bears is a way to also understand the kingdom of God on earth, as it's spoken in the Bible, heaven on earth. And that's a nice little bridge into just, a, a, I just want to briefly review what, we, what we've been working on and then lay a question on your heart, Patrick. All right. To start us off. Um, so we've been working on heaven and hell. Well, heaven. Yeah. A little, little, little more heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and we kind of went over last time some pictures and ideas and distinctions that I've been working on for a long time. Namely, that you can kind of, if you meditate with the Bible, if you really work with the pictures there deeply, you can kind of see a heaven that we have come from, heaven, a spiritual realm that we also go to when we die, we go to when we sleep, that I call the first heaven. And then this heaven on earth, this reality that we've named through the creed, our creed, that there is a Lord now of the heavenly forces upon earth, literally brought the forces that were separated off, so to speak, at the fall, brought the forces of heaven, the realities of heaven, into the fallen realm, onto earth, called that the second heaven, 
the kingdom of God on earth that's at hand. And then the third heaven, which is, and of course they're not, they're not totally separate at all. They're just distinguished. The third heaven being this heaven that we see at the end of the whole gospel journey, the new Jerusalem, where there's no more pain, no more suffering, where everyone has been made into priests, kings, where God is everywhere and in everything. And Babylon, the beast, have fallen away, have been cast out. So that's a little bit of just just a brief review. But then we open this question, well, wait a minute, what about hell? If heaven has these qualities and this mystery of the kingdom of heaven on earth is working like a seed to be born into this new Jerusalem, what is the nature of hell? Is it even... I mean, some people you might ask and they might say, well, hell hell's just a fantasy. Have you ever had, Patrick? So what would you say? This is my question. Okay. <laughs> what would you say to someone who comes to you and says, is it true that if I don't believe in Jesus, when I die, I go to hell? Oh, gosh. What is hell? truly in the Christian reality. Right. How, what would you say? How, how would you open us up to that? Well, that's, mystery? I mean, that's a nice um, kind of thing to see there that, you know, it's not any, in any way unique to the Christian worldview to see three worlds. Mm-hmm. Kind of this world that we have, that we live in and inhabit, while we're embodied on the earth and our, what everyone kind of thinks of as life, that kind of world that we see all around us in the mountains and the sky and the clouds and the trees and the buildings and communities and culture around us, this world. Then there's a world above where we see in the middle of the dark night, the shining ones, the moon and in the day, that glorious orb, celestial source of light and warmth and energy that are all so harmoniously working and pouring out their beings for the life of the world, the shining ones. And there is a an underworld, a world below us. So a world above us, and there's a world below us, and in that world below us there are other entities that are in opposition and have destructive energies in them have uh, are the sources of these um, dark impulses that we're familiar with as humans as well and rule also in their own territory it's just very, very, very common all around the world when you yeah. get to know different cosmologies and 
and that it has a real kind of spatial quality, right? Up, Up down, down, middle. Yeah. Above, below, in the middle. And that spatial element, though, when it became, if, as, as Western consciousness became more and more material and materialistic, material-oriented, then it really became kind of this strange caricature, like of a physical place that you go to. There is some physical space. And that those spaces just exist, have always existed, and somehow will always exist, and you're just populating them. The whole story of the world is just some people go up, some people go down, some people are currently living in the middle part. And what you've described with these three heavens is this, hey, this is also in a story of time. Beautiful. Beautiful distinction. Right? This is yeah. this is an evolving story. Mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't always like this. There was something that was there at the beginning. There's the current state of things, which has this triple quality and there'll be a new single reality that will have shed what was there and the you know so there's a story we're in a heaven hell story and i think that's really helpful um to distinguish and what we needed to add in our time we needed the time we needed the time piece we needed the evolutionary piece because we can now think differently less in static pictures we can actually think sequentially and in time and so the world and the mysteries of time are there. And if, if you doubt this, <laughs> please watch a few movies. Nice. <laughs> please read a few books like Time is on the Mind of Humanity. Mm-hmm. From Disney's Loki, which is contemplating... I mean, most of the comic world and the superhero movies are contemplating multiple tracts of time and meditating on the mysteries of time. The multiverse is an idea that in all of the streams of possibilities and probabilities, they all live like realities. That's the only way it works. And we take left turns, right turns, and we end up in this strand or that strand. People are trying to think through time. It's a big mess. (laughs) But it's, it's really also deep things. Also physicists as well, really trying to think through the mystery of time. So how does heaven and hell change then with that, with the story and the pictures of time? How does that also, how did that get corrupted and abused and misused by the church over time Mm -hmm. as well? Mm -hmm. Um, And what we know of in the history of the Catholic church with its indulgences where you pay to shorten your time in purgatory so that you can get to heaven quicker. Well, if you just donate to the priest, they'll pray harder and that will get you through the fire quicker. That was the thing, you know, that's like, that's mafia. That's how the mafia works. Like, (laughs) oh, you want us to stop punching your neighbors? Yeah. You, you want them to stop suffering? Why don't you pay us a little? We'll, we'll hook you up. Right. It's like, it's just awful, horrible. Right. So it's all tainted this stuff by these kinds of things. Um, but the question is, what kind of reality did they have? And what difference does it make? As I think we were talking about last time, right? That one of the questions is, how has heaven changed? Which was this? Well, that's interesting, right? right? How has heaven changed? Yeah. The because first of Christ right. coming to earth. Yeah. And then more importantly, well, they're both important, but also including this ascension of Christ Jesus 
after the new, his new creation has occurred at the resurrection of exactly. Easter, that substance, that real, that new reality is also being brought to heaven and changing. It. Right. That 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 deep question, like how is heaven different as a result of one of their of the, of the Lord of the heavens coming to the earth and then ascending again, bringing the earth experiences up to the heavenly realms, and how does that change us on earth in terms of our path? Through the heavenly realms, yeah. whether we met the one who's come to earth while we were embodied on earth or not. So that's a fancy long way of saying, do you get into heaven without Jesus? Or do you need to have him there? What difference does it make to have a relationship with him when you die? And you go into the second, second heaven? I get that right? Well, uh, the first heaven. Okay. Because the second, oh, heaven, the second heaven, tech, heaven is the heaven on earth. Kingdom of God on Kingdom earth. Kingdom of God on earth. Right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm still working on the nomenclature. Nomenclature. Yeah. Mm. Oh, gosh. Man. I mean, this this is a huge it's subject, a one. right? It's a big one. But, but it's also... Trying to think where to go through. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, it's also just... How do we relate to this picture of Gehenna, picture of hell, too? Yeah. Do you want to dive in there first some more? Well, or? What, whatever you think. I mean, the, the journey after death. Yeah. I mean, they're, they both relate. They're completely. Okay. Yeah. Let's just try this. Go, you let's go. Let's try this. You okay. do what you think is right. So let's, let's pick a picture of, of hell for, for a moment that you can encounter if you're familiar with the Old Testament. Gehenna, you mentioned Sheol. Yes. The pit. The pit. Yeah. So there, there is again and again, this underworld picture comes yeah. through and the, the, the description, the artistic imagery around it, for example, like the belly of the sea beast mm. at the bottom of the ocean yeah. is a place, quote unquote, you can apparently go. In the book of Jonah. Right. So swallowed by a sea beast, a, a leviathan, a sea creature yeah. that we often translate with what has become a gentle, sweet word, whale. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they they're so the cute. <laughs> but at that time was a very scary reality. Yeah. They've been near a whale in the ocean. Oh my gosh. You will feel the feeling that is close to what we used to call the fear of God. It yeah. is a mighty experience. <laughs> It's mad. just just yeah. when they surge ominous slowly, oh, it's, just, ominous. it's, ooh, it's oh, so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so one of them yeah. is an image, right? In the in the depths where you can't see below the surface of the water. So in some kind of un unseen depths, a creature is moving, and it's massive. It's so massive and powerful, it can swallow you. And it can swallow you and you can enter its digestive system. <laughs> its belly, right? There's some, these are all pictures of an inner experience. I should know this, but the belly <laughs> of the beast. Yes. Amen. And then Jonah's like at the bottom yeah. of the ocean, at the roots of the mountains. So, it's in if I sum it up, there's there's darkness, there's um 
oh, disgust too. It's like, it's like you're in the belly. It's like you're in this, this horrific experience. It's, and it will destroy you. That's what bellies are there to do is to destroy whatever it swallows, ingest it and have it become a part of the beast. That's what bellies are there to do. (laughs) Right. You're like, that's, you are, you are lost. You are in a place of horrific destruction, destructive forces, and you're farthest from the divine creator source. So distance for me feels like one of the key things they're trying to bring to expression. On the surface of the earth, you can still see the stars. You're below the earth. You're below the waters. So it's heavier, denser, darker, uh, horrifying. So in a way, like what I hear you saying is that this reality that is pointed to in the book of Jonah, this Sheol, this Gehenna, this hell place is the, the prime characteristic is it's furthest away from the stars. So yeah. to speak. It's yeah. furthest away from heaven. Yeah. That where, where God is least. Right. And I feel kind of bereft of any type of communion. Yes. And the, and other forces seem to be ruling that don't feel like the good divine powers. I, I think that's like a first really big key. And I want to bring in another picture. Great. So then another biblical picture, which can, can open up, I think another experience, which is, in Genesis 2, we find a world where there is no life, no plants, no rain, mm-hmm. no people, no, it's just dust. And dust is such a different thing in our world than it was in their world because they understood dust to be lifeless, formless, chaos substance Mm. has no purpose. Mm. Dust has no thing. If you just think about it, it really is this way. Mm. It's a, it's an expression of utter spiritlessness, Mm. just matter. Mm. Now, if you add some water, and you can make something. You can make a clay form. You can make a pot. You can make a... But dust is just... You, plants, you blow yeah. it, it. It flies away. It, it, it has no purpose. It's purposeless. It's spiritless, which means it's meaningless. There, it means there's a matter without purpose or meaning. And purpose and meaning is God. That's mm. the divine. There is nothing but purpose and meaning in the divine. But something comes into being... Mm. This is another distance picture yeah. that comes into being where there is no God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the voice of the dust world. There's a place of experience when you get into the dust where you feel it is spirit forsaken. And that's an experience humans get to know when they're embodied in bodies. Yeah. They they know what it feels like to feel like in the empty, forsaken, cold, desolate place. Yeah. 
Right. Not full. Right. Not graced. Not blessed. Right. Not full of meaning and purpose and love, but like just empty. Blah. And there, there's an interesting distinction there too. Because it's also a picture of being far from God, but it's it's distinct from the belly of the beast whale in that you also described there that, that it's kind of this fear. There's a fear factor. There's ominousness. There's in, in Jonah's story. Yeah, yeah. There's like other forces there, other beings that in the deep dark that are, that are kind of like ready to get you. Uh. And then, but the, and that's part of that description and yeah. reality that's yeah. also true. So true. But then there's this dry, it's, it, there's, it doesn't feel fearful to me. It just feels like empty. Yeah. And just nothing. It's like it's a the, different kind of fear, right? It's a horror of just despair and emptiness. Oh, God. You're not going to be eaten. Nothing. But it's just, uh. Yeah. The horror of meaningless, empty nothingness. That's pretty horrifying. Uh, that, that is. <laughs> that, that is. In and, its own way. And and then and then you see this picture of a being stepping in where, where the myths start to come. It start to add a form. Forms the human. Creates a space within the dust world where there's a garden. Plants and grows trees. Brings the... So, into that meaningless world, a being, a creator being steps in and generates a garden out in mm, the middle of it. Mm. But this dust world is still outside the garden. Mm-hmm. And so when the snake steps in, that is this this super sensible spiritual creature who wants to thwart the plans of the creator has a different idea and deceives and uh, dr- allures these first innocent humans into doing something that is not the will of the gardener. That snake then receives um, a curse from the the garden creator, and it is to lose its ability to have legs and stand upright and to go on its belly in the dust. So we've got again a belly, and then we have dust. So now your belly's in the dust world. That's where you will work and rule. So this picture of the serpent, the enemy of humanity, sent into the dust realm. So if humans are going to incarnate into the dust realm, which we do, <laughs> full of dust, <laughs> that's what we make up our bodies out of, guess who's going to be in there? <laughs> so there's this belly of the beast in the deep, deep depths below, but there's also this serpent at work in the dust to tempt and deceive, to deceive us. So there's that, that is a picture of also hell on earth. Mm. There's a hell below the earth, but there's oh. a hell on earth. There is the oh. enemy, the evil one, the, oh. the adversary, the Satan, the devil, the different, whatever different names, these are different names where there's a, there's a, someone working against the good goals who wants to lead us down a path that is going to not actually benefit us, benefit us in the long run. He's there. And that's of course, chapter 12 in the book of revelation as well that we talked about. Mm-hmm. There is this cleansing of the upper world of the rebels who have a different will from the good will, but they aren't destroyed. 
they're sent to the middle realm. Yeah. Thanks. Not, not the below realm. They're sent to the middle realm. They're sent to this, you know, like I, cast down to earth. I had a student say to me the other day, well, thanks a lot, yeah, God. Thanks, thanks, God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you just see and immediately that's the story. He's after the woman. He's after this, the, the offspring of the woman who is this human soul this cosmic human soul and of which we are all related. So enemies below and enemies in our midst that those are two pictures. I think that start to come, but I think Mm. that if I zoom out now, Mm. okay, so what are we saying? Planet earth, Mm. like all Right? Mercury, Venus, Sun, Moon, Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars. We have briefly mentioned recently as the shining ones above. Every one of those stars are actually just little signs of the dwelling place of the activities of divine spiritual powers. uh, what the what the Old Testament often calls Elohim, that is, God beings, divine beings, spiritual beings, who are raying down their powers and influencing the world. Also, absolutely common heritage to all cultures. Those beings have lords. There is a highest spirit who is the guiding spirit of these planets. Lord of the sun, Lord of the moon, queen of the moon. There, every, it's, which is, of course, everything has that. There is the Lord of the lions. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about that as well. There's always one highest spirit within a group of spirits who gives the tone, the lawfulness, and the gesture to a thing. And so there's the Lord of Mercury, the Lord of Venus. Venus is a goddess. And she influences the universe and the earth. And this, if you don't think this is Christian, then you need to read Dante and C.S. Lewis. <laughs> this is not, this is not news, yeah. right? This isn't just some weird wacky church saying these things. This is the church. Yeah. We've also had these ideas. These are spiritual beings. Mm. Who is the Lord of the earth? Mm. Who is the spirit guide and Lord and ruler of the earth. That question, it turns out, is the another way to understand the whole drama of evolution. Mm. Who is the Lord of the earth? Mm. Mm. So when the snake is cast down into the dust and the beast is ruling in the depths and God is up in the stars and the sun and moon and the stars and filling the universe... Then a picture starts to emerge as comes to expression in John's gospel. The prince of this world mm-hmm. is coming, he says. What the hell is he talking about? What the hell is he talking <laughs> What the Gehenna is, is he talking about? <laughs> We're talking about hell that suddenly it's away. Just sully your ears. Jeez. But, whoa. The prince, that's not a phrase that you're going to find, actually, in most any other place. John recognizes there's some kind of ruling principality, yeah. prince, first one, yeah. the guy, the high one of this realm, 
of this cosmos, this earth planet. That's not me. <laughs> that's not me. Jesus yeah. says it's not me. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant that's not you, Patrick. Not <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, my kingdom is not of this world. Yeah, this is but radical. He's a prince of this world. Right? Very, very important. So he's he's an invading king. He's just come in. Right? To territory that is not under his rule. Right. And that's that's a deep mystery, too. <laughs> like we, we've described in some ways, that in a way, the Lord of the Son, the Lord of the Lord of the Son, that we see an icon of through the Son, has actually come and infiltrated a kingdom on earth that was... That was and still in ways is ruled by a principality. Oh, yeah. Called Satan. Yes. The Satan. Or another way you could say it is death. Mm. Yeah. That before Christ came, death ruled. Dust. Dust. Ruled. In this world. But death is not a concept. It's a planetary intelligence. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It's a lord. It's not a mere abstract concept. It's a power. It's and principality. A being. Yeah. It's a being. This is one of the keys to understanding the story of the gospels. Why Jesus even why the incarnation? Yeah. There's and, there's this brokenness in this realm. Or there's a ruler. Where there's a ruler, and that's... Wreaking havoc yeah. in the creation. Mm. And not and, and the bounds are... It's out of bounds. It's not just being helpful anymore. Mm-hmm. Death. Mm-hmm. Death is at risk of claiming human souls mm-hmm. for itself. So that first heaven process becomes suddenly at risk. What I mean by that is... Mm-hmm. We hear in our act of consecration this most profound word. When we pray to the ground of the universe, the fundament of all things together, we say we are here to pray. I'm here to pray as a priest. All who are gathered in this room are here to pray. All true Christians who are on the earth, born on the earth, are here praying with us. And all who have died, for them, we give the reason. (laughs) But the reason is for everyone. That they bury not their eternal being for the sake of their temporal. This is an ancient and most powerful truth and picture to wrestle with. That because we embody ourselves in the dust world, we could so unite ourselves with the dust world as souls that we would go the way of the dust. We would become a part of the dead, the kingdom of, of that, that the Lord of this planet rules. Mm. And our eternal nature would be separated Mm. from our earthly personality and body. Because our body decays, we would go the way of our body and be buried in the ground. Again, it's all these pictures of these spiritual realities. The, the concern for the death of the soul, the yeah. soul's at risk. 
or it's sometimes called the concern for the second death. Yeah, because if if yeah. we are souls coming down from heavenly worlds, but we're uniting ourselves with dust reality, now we're a mixture of the of the element that decays and dies and is not immortal, and an element that was originally breathed out of the breath of the Creator. But we're a mixture, and if we so unite ourselves with this other realm, it begins to be a risk. We we enter freedom, but the risk begins to be we will lose our souls. Yeah, because we'll so you could even say identify or link our our being. With yes. the reality of the dust world. That's a power we have. We've been given this ability to freely link ourselves with what we love most, so to speak. And if if that's happening more and more and the distance between the, fir- the first heaven and, the, and earth is too great, if it's severed, and our whole experience of ourselves is what we experience only while we're walking around embodied on the earth and we fall asleep and we have no memory of our life in the first heaven. We die and we have no me- when we're reborn, we have no memory of our pre-birth experience. Then our only identity is body-based. Mm. Right. I can see that. Right. And therefore sleep becomes very important because we're reconnecting, remembering in, in a way to that. But but if we have no memory, but we, if we have no memory, yeah, then absolutely. it doesn't matter. All yeah. all we notice is, well, I feel a little refreshed in the morning. Yeah, but I don't remember being with God. Yeah. So no, 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 this is the only reality, more. right? And now, so now the we need us we need to be saved. Yeah. This is this is the actual. It's the savior, blah blah blah, right? Like what? No, like <laughs> it's for real. We're, we're like gonna. We're in really. We're in a difficult situation, and it's nothing we can do about it. We have, these are cosmic beings that are way, 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 way beyond our pay grade, right? Like I'm like happy if I can get the groceries and like, you know, these people are ruling, these beings are ruling planets, shaping universes, the universe. So we're in this condition (laughs) that we actually, we can't, we can't battle that kind of principality on ourselves. No chance, no chance. And you see all the ancient spiritualities, they had a goal. Like, yeah, this is an issue. Therefore, in Buddhism and the the monastic tradition, you need to get used to getting out of your body. Yeah, Yeah, the death realm, the dust realm is is a a hopeless situation. It's a hopeless situation. It's just pain, suffering, and trap. You've got to break the chains and get out. Yeah. So moksha or nirvana, these are terms. There is someone who wants to imprison us in this world. It's true. It's a hundred percent (laughs) true. There are chains. And yet, so now through your pictures, you, you describe that's the purpose of the incarnation. That then this true human being, this celestial sun god, this sun S-O-N, God, of the Trinity, comes in and makes his home in the dust and actually world. defeats the Lord of the planet. He defeats the Lord uh, of the planet. A, it's a battle that takes place yeah. on Golgotha also. But somehow, like, we, we would get confused if we meant defeat as in wiped out and and 
took away and no his manner of war is so extraordinary his weaponry is so incredible because he does not work like his foe he doesn't work with bazookas he doesn't <laughs> defeat the enemy with the weapons of the enemy right right then he would just be a new version of a tyrant yeah very good point he does he even says that to pilot if i were the king of this world i would send my armies and they would wipe you out yeah cuz i have armies cuz i have armies it's the host of heaven yeah <laughs> Chapter 19 in the book of Revelation. Look it up. It's a mighty host. But my kingdom is not of this world. Not of this world. So it's a different lawfulness. It's a different reality. It's even a a kind of hidden reality from the normal earthly materialistic senses. But it's here. And it can be known, can be seen, can be felt, can be cultivated well, that becomes then the with. great drama. It's like yeah. as you read his stories, <clears throat> as he comes in, you see the demons are the ones who notice him. In the Gospel of Mark, for example, right. whoa, whoa, what are you doing here? Yeah, you know, don't don't hurt me. Yeah, you see the demons are like freaked out. Yeah, and he's very calm with them and sends them places and is actually compassionate, but somebody's casting them out. You guys are occupying humans and occupying this space. I'm cleansing the temple. You need to get out of here. I need to create a clean space within this realm in which people can experience heaven because this is where they experience reality most. Interesting. They need to be able to meet heaven here now because they're not experiencing it when they look up at the stars anymore. They're not experiencing it in their sleep anymore. They're not people. Yeah. So all of the, I, I mentioned Buddhism, but also all the mystery temple practices in the Egyptians and so forth, they would put people into a somnambulic sleep, a kind of death and take them out of their body. Only then would they have an experience of heaven. Yeah. That God. was a problem. That means if you're in your body, which is most humans, you're, you're you in, in the dust depth pit. You're far. You're in a realm where the enemy is ruling. So, so that's just to emphasize, just to emphasize that, make clear. So one picture of hell is here on earth, um, before the incarnation that was hell. just, this was kind of an underworld as well. And now with the incarnation of Christ, who has brought the kingdom of heaven here as a seed, as a reality that can be known, felt, and experienced. One way to describe that, I think, if I just think through to what you're saying, would be that if I'm somehow not experiencing that reality that he's brought on earth, and I'm just attaching my being to the still... real hell forces, dust forces, death forces. I'm, I'm in a kind of hell. Yeah. It, I will eventually, you can stave it off because of the illusory capacities of the serpent. For example, 
Stave, stave so, for example, just, stave hell off, the yeah. experience of it as hell. As hell. So, right. for example, come out to dinner with me at the best restaurant in Toronto and it's going to be heavenly. Yeah, yeah. Sure, right? We talked sure, about this, sure. right? There are sense experiences that can provide soul experiences, which are extraordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary. Sure. Soul experiences. Sure. So, through sense experiences, soul experiences. Mm-hmm. But if the soul can only get those experiences from a world that is decaying and passing away, then then it is only uniting with a passing away thing and it will come to know the emptiness of that meal. Right. And that will come to know the emptiness of finding soul satisfaction in the thing world. I think everyone knows that. We know it. We know it. Come on. <laughs> everyone has tried to find fulfillment. Yeah, and no, we'll keep trying. <laughs> through, through material I've realities. got a little bit of a, a lemon bar in the fridge. Oh, I love that lemon bar. <laughs> from our... Cecilia made from, it. Yeah. You know, made with love from our <laughs> students. Uh, I can't wait to add that lemon oh, bar, you yeah. know, and the soul experience it will provide. <laughs> right. And, and of course we're not, we're not nope. condemning nope. anything. We're just noticing that something everyone actually has noticed is that at the end of trying to make things be your fulfilling fountain, yeah, you end up with a kind of emptiness and despair. It's waiting for you. Yeah. It's going to be around some corner. It's waiting. And that's one, one also way of uncovering our relationship with the dust realm, with the death realm. Exactly. With- and can be this catalyst for people so that if some stroke of destiny comes into your life to reveal to you the emptiness of that, that's when you find the metanoia, the, the repentance, the shift. Oh man, what really is truly valuable? Actually, when I look back at my life now, if I've had a, you know, suffered a blow of destiny, I look back, actually it was when that teacher understood me. Yeah. Actually, it was when my friend came through for me. Actually, it was that project we did together where we made something, you know, beautiful for the community. And you suddenly start seeing the true lasting things, relationships, moral qualities you've mentioned before, the heavenly realm starts to distinguish itself from the dust realm. Mm. And where did those things happen? In the dust realm. They happened here. And that can happen now. But that had to be then this great event of Christ coming to the earth. And you can see him waiting he says the hour has not yet come like he waits for the final battle moment and then it looks like the enemy is winning the whole way totally the whole way he comes in triumphal entry he rides in on that donkey through that golden door and it stirs up okay let's bring all of our powers against him intrigue machinations, deceptions, lies, false trials, betrayal, physical abuse. We'll, we'll, we'll throw the, everything we have and we will murder him. Yeah. And through that, release his power into our realm, actually. <laughs> In killing him, they released the blood of the lamb. Yeah. And the blood of the lamb started to pour in to the dust realm. Like, like the water of life. 
Yeah. And then he, then as, as tradition tells us, then he went into the depths. Yeah. And there he also brought his light and reality into Gehenna, into the pit. And over, so he, these are all, that's why we say this is a victory. Easter is a victory day because there was an actual battle with the planetary intelligence of earth. And in Easter time in our liturgy, it's like dawning on me in such a powerful way when we open our arms wide and we're doing this beautiful prayer where we're feeling Easter in our whole being, in our breath, in our blood, the joy and grace of God. It's just so beautiful. My spirit feels the vanquisher of death. (laughs) In German, it's one word, Todbesieger. Death isn't an abstraction. We talked about he is, this is the defeat day. We're celebrating <laughs> the day when he defeated yeah. the, the intelligence and transformed death into a servant of his kingdom. What? That, that now in death, you can experience Christ's life. That's how he defeated him. He didn't get rid of him. He didn't condemn him. He transformed him into his servant. So that joy-filled enthusiasm <laughs> is, I is warranted. It's I warranted. just want to It's warranted. On. It's warranted. Deeply. So it's now deadly. our death is in our life and dust is in our life and we suffer in, in these ways. And it's part of how he comes close to us so so but so but let's (laughs) but this is i think this is one of the most profound mysteries because in a way what you're saying what what i also would say amen to is that hell forces of death because you described the dust realm the beast realm as as the being of death that through this deed death itself becomes the very place where true life can happen that's new that's new so instead of getting away from hell like the buddha and which were all in a way true there was the solution for saving souls prior to the incarnation now we're saying actually the place of hell if we approach it like Christ did on Golgotha, it be, can become the very place where the new heaven is born. Yeah. And I, I feel the need in that description. It helps me see. Mm. I think we have to say the place of death. Mm. And then we have to maybe look into the mysteries of hell in terms of the horror element that we mentioned and these entities that would devour us and those those realities um i feel like i the description given doesn't address that enough right and right that, like there's more there's more. to this story we mentioned briefly the presence of the demons but um you i think the basic signature though is there Definitely. Right? Well, well, of how he deals with the situation. Yeah. Well, l- listen to this story and see what you think. Like, how would you integrate that? 
like what comes into my heart and mind is a story from a, a saint out of the Orthodox tradition, Saint Siloan. And I might have told it before, I don't remember. But um, it's interesting in that he was a priest. He was a priest. He was praying the Eucharist. And in the Orthodox tradition, you have these icons that you, you pray in front of, these pictures. And the central icon in the, this saint's experience, as, they, as he was praying, kept being overshadowed. A demon would come right in front of it and block his vision. And he was disturbed by this. Yeah. This, this fact, this links exactly to the fact that we're in a realm with demons still. Mm. Yeah. And he kept praying, praying, Lord, Lord, help me, you know, help me. I don't want to be praying in front of this demon. And the word that he received in response to his prayer was, Pray and walk with my peace in the presence of hell and despair not. Yeah. Yeah. So, in yeah. a way, this speaks to the, the type of condition and battle we're in. It's not as if all the demons are gone. They're, they're, they're wrecking havoc in the world right now and in us and yet there's this call to remain connected to the forces of the heavenly forces on earth yeah and try not to fall into the pit of despair amen yeah i think that's it and that that gets back to our original picture we'll keep coming back to first there is darkness and chaos and the creator being is a being who hovers over that and speaks into it a word of light and then calls those who are meant to reveal its being to also be light bringers into the darkness. That's the, the heavens above us. And so on this earth world, in this earth world, the forces of darkness that generate the darkness of all shades you cannot deal with them by growing dark within you in despair despair is just inner darkness yeah it's it's a being is where actually. it seeps into yeah. you and is is how you see everything feel everything it's like it seems like that's the only reality yeah. that's that's the spell of a demon definitely because yeah. you think it's actually what is yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think can't even see past it that's how you know there's demons. It's like when you end up in those despair places or depression and you cannot imagine another reality, remember how then you're out of it later, whatever months or years later, and you look back yeah. and you go, whoa, when I was in there, I was in the pit and I thought that was the only reality. Yeah. So if you find yourself in the pit, if you find yourself in hell, assailed, in despair. Look to, yeah. to Golgotha. Amen. Because the whole scenery of Holy Week is demons working through humans against their enemy. It's not the humans. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing in Gospel of Luke. Father, mm. forgive them. Mm. I, I have no beef with humans here. 
I'm working against divine spiritual forces of darkness and trying to create an open space where light can begin to grow in the earth for human beings. And I'm going to show them what it looks like to shine in. forgiveness, understanding, love, patience, endurance, all the things. In all the presence th- of... While being beaten. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Washing the feet of my betrayer. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like over and over and over again, you see him demonstrating the weaponry of his kingdom. <laughs> right? And it, it's In the presence and response of the other weaponry of the, be- of the hell realm, of the demons of the yes. hell realm. Yeah. And obviously, we can feel in ourselves, wow, I, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so important, right? right? Like, I, I'm not sure I'm capable. Right? And we're not. <laughs> we're not. But some of us are. And those are the saints you see back through history and time. And you look around in this world and you'll meet people and you see what they are bearing and suffering and how they are standing upright in that, speaking true words, being loving people while they are dragged through the mud. And you go, hey, look. Someone's starting to shine. And, and you, I'm sure you know this, but, and then when you look and you ask and you see what the saints actually say about themselves, I'm not capable of this (laughs) at all. I'm a sinner. It's amazing that the saints think they're the worst. Most of the saints usually, yeah, Paul will certainly say I'm the worst sinner. (laughs) It's because they're able to do it because they're actually constantly praying for the light of the world, the one who says, I am the light in the darkness of the world, bearing life, who's come down from the heavenly realms and died and resurrected. His light is constantly being begged for to shine out of them. Come into me, right? Because it's dark in here. So I have a chance at possibly handling Forces that are way above me and more powerful than Right. Me. So they're capable because they're in communion with yeah. heaven on earth. Ever renewing that communion. Ever, ever renewing, begging for the spirit. Out of freedom. And that's the peace. That's the peace. Yeah. I want to shine. Yeah. I'm going to need the shining one in me. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, Patrick. I'm so grateful for yeah thank you for opening that hell picture for us and we'll see where we go i'm next looking time. forward yeah thank you so much jonah for yeah. giving me a chance to try to say this yeah things. beautiful <laughs> okay blessings <laughs>